Hello, we do not own the right to any of the music played on this episode of Two Ways That Can Be Bees. Thank you. Yes, and I'm Anita. And I'm Angelique. And, and we, we are two, two A's, A's that can, can be bees. Yes, we can. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, we've been both looking very forward to this interview, and we are so excited to have with us not only my daughter, but also um a beautiful um person that i just would love to introduce herself as jay miller and we just thought that today we were going to have a special interview with her um because we know there's people out in our audience we are attracting all different types of people and we just thought we, you know, in in light of all of what we're going through and, and transsexual people and um, people of uh, the LGBTQ community, um, my daughter and I have gone through a journey for quite a while, and I'm excited to share this with you all. And I'm not liking my light. I'm going to turn the light on because something is not all, is off right here. But anyway, before we do that, I just want to say we're going to have a great interview about her journey um, as, as identifying as non-binary. And we just want her to share her experience for those in our audience that may be going through the same thing or thinking about the same thing and may be wanting to um, embark on this journey themselves. And if she can share some of what she's gone through, we thought maybe this could help someone. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. We'd like to introduce Jay Miller. Hey all, um, I go by Jay. Um, <laughs> I do identify as non-binary, um, trans. Um, I am in the uh, like the process right now of transitioning as they call it. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna talk a little bit about um, how I got here, <laughs> really. Um, so to go back, back, I first like I could say mom right I could call yes, you mom, you right? call mom. Okay, yes. okay. okay. <laughs> so um yes so you wait. Call so me I mom. came I came out what about eighth grade freshman year yeah eighth, like about because we yeah yeah counseling at eighth grade right so I came out as lesbian around that time um 
middle school going to high school um you know it was just kind of confusing you don't know how to go about it um especially you know growing up in like a religious you know home and things like that you you think of you know, well, I don't want to sin. I don't want to do these things. Like, I don't want to, you know, disappoint my parents or anything like that um, during the time. So, I mean, trend kind of coming from, you know, the lesbian background, when you're younger, that's all you know. You don't know anything about the trans community and you don't know anything about non-binary. So a lot of masculine women um, will identify as um, lesbian, uh, starting as lesbian. So as you get older and you start to learn yourself and you do question your gender, that's where you kind of stick into um, the non-binary, you know, category. That's, so going back, non-binary really means it can be someone who feels as if they're not male or female, or it can mean that someone feels like they're both. Um, so that's kind of the difference between non-binary and coming out as trans. Um, but sometimes some of the people in the non-binary community do the same type of transitioning that people do in the trans community. Mm. So that's kind of the distinction between the two, because I know that, you know, talking to you, you didn't even know, you know, what non-binary was. No, I didn't. Know? And I'm usually trying to make sure that I'm pretty abreast of the community um, because of our journey and knowing that I have a lesbian daughter and definitely wanting to understand the whole community better and understanding what, what you're feeling and how you feel in society, which was most important to me, is that, you know, you're already a Black female, but then adding on being a lesbian, I know that's even more of a challenge in the community, in, in the society. So when you came to me and talked to me about being non-binary, I was like, okay, all right, so what is that? So once you explained to me, I was like, I absolutely understand. I absolutely can relate because I know that we all don't fit in a box. We all don't fit in compartments, you know? Um, we all are different individuals and different. It's not about every time what's in the bedroom and who you prefer in the bedroom. It's about how you identify as an individual and as a person. And so that meant that you felt different on the, what you saw on the outside, you felt different on the inside. So you had to, you're trying at this time and the process of trying to match how you feel on the inside with who you are on the outside, you know, your outside to match how you feel on the inside per se. Right. Yeah. yeah. The first time I actually heard a term, um, and of course, you know, I follow entertainment. So I was watching something and the young lady who is on Billions, mm -hmm. she was also in the last John Wick film. She was the one that was part of the, I forget what the actress name is, mm -hmm. but she was on The View talking about how she considers herself non-binary. And that was the first time I had heard of that term. I was like, okay, so the first thing I think of, of that's okay, that's a new one for me. And you know, I never want to offend anyone. So that's why it caught my ear because I, I'm, you know, I'm aware of transgender, lesbian, LGBTQ. And now I'm like, okay, now we're putting non-binary into the mix. So that's another one, you know, and I, I'm one of those people, I just don't want to be offensive. So 
when I heard the term, I was like, well, that makes complete sense. That, I don't understand why that kind of wasn't first kind of initiated <laughs> because, you know, sometimes, you know, we are, women can be aggressive and sometimes, you know, we fall into the feminine. So I could understand mm-hmm. how that could be, how that could come about because really you, you're, you're just fluid. And so I, to me, it, it makes complete sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not one of those people that shy away from, from anything. So when I heard it, I was like, when Anita was telling me, I was like, I've heard this before. It had been years ago. And then when I looked it up again, I said, okay, that's what that means. That's exactly what we understand. And so I guess my question for you, Jane, I know you talked a little bit about it is, it's so it's different labels so mm-hmm. i don't want to i don't want to confuse things so when you're non-binary and you're lesbian how 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 does that work in your community, in your so, community how does that no work? no yeah i get it so with non-binary it's not so much a um how do you describe it so lesbian would be like my preference right if I were to identify as a woman so with non-binary I identify more on more as a male than I do female so I wouldn't identify myself as lesbian right Mm -hmm. because I don't really I don't fluctuate they call it a spectrum I don't fluctuate on that spectrum it's either I feel like a male or I just don't feel like any gender right Uh and and with other people it could be different you know it Mm -hmm. could be different so for me, I wouldn't call myself a lesbian. I would call myself queer. Okay. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. Hard. I would call okay. myself queer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, how were you feeling that brought you to the point? Because I know people feel what do they call it dysphoria or something? Yeah. So how did you identify that that is how you started feeling to where, yes, initially when you came out in eighth grade, you, you know, brought yourself to where, okay, I'm understanding lesbian as my identity right now. So at which point did you get, feel that dysphoria to where you went to research and figure out, okay, what am I feeling and what do I need to do next to make myself feel in a place where I've, you know, fit into who I think I am. Okay, so this is about to get a little vivid, mom. Okay. Hey, I, your mother is vivid. <laughs> <laughs> Did she say vivid? Like, I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. You call me as mom, but my friend <laughs> call me as, mm. <laughs> I'm like, you okay. know who you're talking to? No, I'm just kidding. You know who you're talking to, right? <laughs> so for, for me, even as I was young, I pictured myself as a male. Like I, yes, I identified as lesbian because that's all that's I knew. You knew. Wow. But in my, inside, I felt like a male. Like, as you knew, that's how I dressed, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. I've always been tomboy. Yeah. That's yeah. always happened. Whether it was playing football on the, uh, during recess or whatever, you know, True. I've always been a tomboy. But it, when, you know, you started exploring having boyfriends or girlfriends and things like that, for me, I always felt like I was a man. Like, I felt like the man in the relationship, it wasn't so much like, oh, yeah, I'm the other woman in the relationship. You know what I mean? So for me, that's when 
as I got older, you kind of feel like, okay, well, my body doesn't match how I feel on the inside. My body doesn't match. How... So that's when I started, you know, getting sports bras and trying mm-hmm. to suppress my chest, mm-hmm. wearing two or three or whatever and caring how it looks. Wow. And yeah, I did that for a while. I did that for a while. And as I got older and you start to take gender classes in college and other things like that, and you learn that there are other places where you could be comfortable and identify yourself as, and you're not just not like, you know, well, feeling like you're not welcomed anywhere because you don't fit in, you know, how they place you in a box. So for me, I just started exploring. I started doing research and becoming interested in uh, learning about more gender once I started uh, taking that gender class in college and mm-hmm. once I did it kind of just clicked and I'm mm-hmm. like you know for me dysphoria was like since I've I've came out you know I always looked in the mirror and just felt like I didn't like fit my like my body didn't fit how I felt right. on the inside. like it just right. it just didn't match and I'm like when I looked in the mirror I didn't want a chest there you know Sometimes I did want, you know, facial hair or things like that. So it just didn't match for me at all. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. It just didn't match. Okay. So that's where my dysphoria kicked in. And, you know, after going through dysphoria for so many years, it just, it takes a toll. Like, it just takes a toll. You start dealing with anxiety. You start dealing with depression and things like that. So, you know, that's mental when health, I just, your mental health start to get right mm-hmm. yeah so that's when I decided you know well the only thing that I was mostly scared was all of the relationships I built around me too you know mm-hmm. like it's almost like having to come out of the closet twice coming out the first time was already hard enough right. on everyone around me so having to do it twice and then saying I'm coming out as trans <sighs> I mean, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, you know? so, it, yeah, it takes courage. It takes a yeah. lot of courage because you don't know how people are going to accept you. You don't know how people are going to feel about you. And if those relationships are going to flourish, are they going to diminish? Yes, that's like anything, you know, change, you know, and, 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 and giving what you are to other people of yourself in any relationship, if something changes in that relationship, you don't know how people are going to deal with it. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, it was tough to decide to, you know, like, okay, like enough is enough, but Mm -hmm. you know, if I just kept waiting, it was just going to keep, you know, progressing. Causing more harm to your mental health. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, it was just, it was hard. It was really hard, but like now I'm like, happier than I've ever been and I feel like more of myself or at least that I'm becoming who I was who I was born to be like who I'm supposed to be so it's it's like feeling comforted in your own body what decisions have you made to get you to that point um so right now I'm going through hormone therapy which is called HRT they call it HRT um so if you hear my voice crack that's why um (laughs) But yeah, I'm start, I started HRT, which is a process of transitioning, whether it's trans or non-binary. That's just a, like the first step that you take. Um, but some people decide not to go on hormones and some people decide to just get top surgery, uh, which is a hysterectomy, you know, right? which is uh, removing, you know, the breast tissue and things like that, which mine is coming up in October. So 
you know, that's another step towards transitioning as well. Um, but yeah, like getting to that point, um, it took a lot of counseling, I can say that. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, um, after going through counseling, though, you know, it kind of really lets you know that, you know, it's okay to be who you feel like you are, you know, right, right. and not to suppress it. So. Well, Jay, I want to say I am, you know, I've, I've known you since you were little. So yeah. <laughs> hearing you talk this way, I am extremely, extremely proud of you for taking this step in your life at a young age. A lot of people suffer a lifetime mm -hmm. before yeah. they figure these things out. That's and true. that's true. One of the things I, I have a question with, um, I, I know it was difficult to go through this twice first coming out as lesbian and now coming up as non-binary um, to your family. How do you make this adjustment in the workplace? Um, mm -hmm. I, I know you're out there, you're going to school. And so how do you transition in those areas? Because not everybody gets it. <laughs> right. And so um, I'm sure there's a conversation that you you may be experiencing now that you're having to have as you go through this process so can you talk a little bit about that yeah so for me um the first thing would be to try and legally change my name because that kind of helps um when you're applying for jobs you know you don't have to give if they see your government name and of course you know as humans the first thing that we do is look at somebody and we you right. we go off of their looks to right. identify right. them as what their gender right. is. Right. So if you're, of course, if your name doesn't, you know, add up to, you know, what you look like, that's when, you know, they kind of make assumptions in their heads and, and things like that. So, yeah, the first thing for me would be definitely name changing. And of course, um, you can change your, your gender as well. Um, if you feel the need to on your IDs and, and things like that as well. And is there any legal um, thing you have to do for that or you have to do the name change first? Um, it depends on what state you live in. Um, I know everybody's like rules are different in each state. Okay. But I think in, in Georgia that um, you can go and get, I think you can get your driver's license, like the gender uh, changed, but I think you have to, um, you don't have to have the name change, but it makes sense to go get the name change first before you go get the new driver's license so that your new name will be on the driver's license and not the old one, you know. So um, as far as like in the workplace, um, for me, I'm in IT. So I've kind of like, it's kind of a luxury a little bit because, mm -hmm. you know, most of the places nowadays, um, like the not well, the bigger companies or the ones that I tend to like try to work for, they don't really, you know, kind of ask questions about those things. Okay. Um, so it's kind of a, 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 a don't, you know, don't ask, don't tell type of thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, I mean, it can, for, not all people have that, that same luxury. So it okay. can be a bit, you know, awkward. Right. Because somebody can come up to you and, you know, ask questions like, hey, your name is such such, but you, you know what I mean? Like, they could come up to you and ask you those things, even though that new bill was passed about um, mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm not being able to discriminate in workplace right. or whatever. Right. Um, but they still have the right to, you know, kind of discriminate on your job application or will you come in for an interview and they're like, oh, well, I don't know. They, right. they kind of look, you know, different than what I see on paper and things like that. So it can be very sticky in the workplace. Yeah. It yeah. can be very sticky in the workplace. So um, to somebody, what I would say to somebody like transitioning right now, because if you are in the process of transitioning, it can be hard if you're already established and you're already in you know right, corporate right, work right, life yeah, and yeah. they see the entire process you mm -hmm. feel me so it's like it that's when it tends to get you know a little bit awkward because how do you explain that while you're transitioning right. at a company right. that you've been at right. for a long time so right. yeah yeah that's a whole different aspect of it mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. so you've just begun the hormonal process Mm -hmm. um, and then you're going to do the top surgery, but everyone's situation is different. They may decide to do the whole thing or the top or the bottom or something different. So mm -hmm. you went through a deep psychological testing um, prior and had to get approval to even go be able to be eligible for the surgery. Um, so, you know, for those people who may not know those steps, what was the initial step that you took in that direction to even get the ball rolling for yourself? And I know we're going to be cognizant of time because I know we have to stop at some point. Oh, and restart. Yeah. So maybe we will stop and restart that for the next segment. Yes, let's stop at that question and we'll come right back and we'll let Jay answer. Okay, so we will leave and go back in. Yes. To the next invite. And Jasmine, you have that. Okay. okay. All, All right. right. Let's do that. All right. So we're back. Yes. Okay. So we're going to continue on with that question of how you um what were your initial steps to even move forward for someone who wouldn't know how to begin or what to do um i know you went through the psychological testing as i said before and you had to get approval you found a surgeon so that person who's even thinking about it or has some idea that this is something that they may want to do what was your initial step and how did it even what did you even do to get started yeah, so definitely first would be to find a either a gender therapist or, you know, a psychiatrist that's LGBTQ plus um, friendly and start there. Um, some uh, you would go see like if you want to get on HRT, you will see a endocrinologist, um, which will they'll, you know, take your blood and make sure that your hormone levels are, are good and that, you know, all your tests come back clear and then they'll then prescribe you um to take your um, preferred hormones. And did and, you get approval for HRT by going to a psychologist? So it depends on the endocrinologist. Um, so I went for my own benefit to make sure that I was, you know, everything that I was processing in my head was, was you know, mentally okay. And that, you know, mm. it's always good to get a, someone to listen. A professional. Give you, yeah. yeah, give you feedback on you know what's wrong and what's right because sometimes you know we're human we act off of emotions and things right. like that so right. 
Um, I did speak with my uh, therapist during that time. And, you know, some endocrinologists do require it. I, it turned out that mine didn't require me to go ahead and get um, those letters because when you do go to the psychiatrist, they will um, like give you these letters, which is letters for HRT and a okay. letter for um, also to get a hysterectomy to get your chest removed. And so for those letters, you only need those if you're going to uh, go through insurance because they now do have, you know, trans um, coverage. They'll cover, oh, you okay. know, well, like good. top surgery oh, and, know you know, that. they'll cover for your, your hormones. Okay. Um, so for me, they cover, they do cover my um, hormones as well. I think I only pay like 15 bucks a month. Right. Okay. And, um, as far as the surgery, they covered about 80% of the surgery. Um, and the surgeries can range from about $6,000 to $10,000. So, you know, I'm not coming out of pocket for much. And sometimes, you know, and for me, I didn't start hormone therapy. If I would have started hormone therapy and done it for a year, um, they probably would have covered 100% actually. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. And so that's only because they see it as, you know, for insurance purposes, they see it as, you know, if they're already in the process, if they've stayed on hormones for that entire year, they're already further into their transitioning. And it's also better for the surgeon because, you know, when you do take hormones, it changes your body into the male, you know, structure that okay. you're, you're wanting. And so when they do remove the chest, it's a lot easier to, for them to, you know. Or the pectoral area. Okay. Right. And even vice versa, if someone's going on estrogen, if right. it's a, because what they call them, what they call me is, is female to male, right? Born female at birth and they identify as, as male. And then they identify, you know, uh, male at birth to uh, male to female. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's the same thing that applies for them, though. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow, so, I didn't realize that. So after you have the surgery in October, the top surgery, you're you're just buying for the th top surgery. Will you then need to continue on the hormones? Uh, yeah, that's basically by preference. Okay. Um. So if you do prefer to stay on the hormones, that's totally up to you. But you sometimes sometimes your endocrinologist would tell you not to just you know. Okay. cold turkey but they'll do lower dosages but yeah that's all up to that person's prep like their preference most um surgeons do want you to be on hrt though because of you know it'll change your body into the structure that you want really so that's why they advise it um but you're not required because some non-binary people don't feel like either gender and sometimes when they get chest surgery they don't even get nipple grafts at all they'll just go ahead and take everything off because they feel like they're not male or female. And it's they just won't have chest. any nipples. It's okay. just chest. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, it's just chest. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just preference it's really at that point. Purpose. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was going to so, be my yeah. question. I was going to be like, so when you do have a hysterectomy, you know, most patients will go through, is it, is a different surgery? Is it a different surgery to do the cosmetics of it and, give you nipples or yeah so they'll do either a what well, most people get a double incision right they'll mm -hmm. do another double incision which is taking it here and they go it's it'll be a scar for all the way about up to here and um they'll take the nipples um from you know your chest 
and they'll take them and they'll try they'll actually flatten them Mm -hmm. and once they flatten them and get them right then they stitch them back on so when you do come out of surgery you'll have like these round like graft things but they'll be kind of like almost like rubber band around it because they're basically holding um the nipple flat and it has to stay like that for a while um and they'll will come out with a binder on so binders are what people use to basically have a masculine um looking chest and i actually have one on now but you probably can't really tell but um most people who are transitioning from male to i mean female to uh, male will actually uh wear binders up until they do have top surgery okay okay yeah makes sense so it's like an extreme sports bra put in one okay yeah like like triple triple sports bra or something right tight that sounds tight yeah yeah Yeah, like you can't breathe sometimes right Right. that's that's what dysphoria will do to you so Mm. this is why people want to go ahead and get top surgery so that you don't have to you know because binding is just is very it's 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 just yeah i just don't like it you but, don't feel you know you get yeah right after yeah. a while you're just like oh my gosh like why do i have to do this do yes this. right but it makes it helps with your dysphoria because oh, wearing a sports oh, bra doesn't sense. it doesn't help it still gives it the round figure but if you wear a binder it's like it you get the flat, flat chest that you want you get the flat illusion okay right mm-hmm. they because it's considered it's what they call it is passing you know it's hard okay. to identify as something that you don't pass as so oh. it, that's where you know it's it gets tricky so you try to pass as much as you can oh, okay. um, gotcha. up until you can get the surgeries and be on hrt and and things like that so okay, okay. so, so I, 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 I don't i don't want i don't get want to get too deep in your personal business <laughs> <laughs> that means she about to get deep Acquiring minds want to know. Yes, we are giving the audience what their questions may be. Yes, and I know this is a lot. And so you're single. Mm -hmm. And I know maybe this is talked about in therapy as well. So as you are going into a new relationship, when do you think or do you need to because you may not need to have the talk mm-hmm. but when do you decide to let someone know if you choose to let someone know that you are transgender mm-hmm. and you yeah, go so, through this surgery okay right so for me um you know i tend to even date like queer people or pansexual people mm-hmm. so it's never really a problem that that i have they kind of already they kind of already know oh, okay um so i already let it be known and because i have done you know the youtube um series and things yeah. like that people okay. tend to already kind of know me mm-hmm. so it's like uh either the people that i meet have followed me on social media or they've seen the show and things like that so it's like they kind of already know, but you know, I still do talk about it. I still bring it up, um, but I don't get you know too personal about it because you know, especially if it's just casual dating, you know, you just kind of want to be on the safe side, right? Uh, and feel someone out to know their intentions because you really don't know, right? So, 
for me, yeah, I just tend to date pansexual or kind of uh, uh, queer uh, people queer. because it yeah, just okay. kind of makes it a lot easier. Because even if you date by bisexuals, you know, they still, it still might not be up to, the, you know, it might not be their speed. Right. So right. with pansexual people, you know, they like all walks of life. Mm-hmm. They don't, it's more of like a soul connection. It's more of right. like, you okay. know, they don't like someone based off of their sexual orientation, their gender, whatever, you know, it's just the person themselves, so. And how do you know that you are dealing with a pansexual person? How, 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 How do you identify that? So if I, if I, start talking to someone I'll ask them you know okay. like, like okay. what do you identify as you know because it's always polite nowadays to ask people their pronouns oh, okay. right yeah. I wonder. Yeah. so you know if you if you're not sure because sometimes you'll never know if you're sure someone can mm-hmm. you know look like a man identify as a man but they could still be transitioning trying to become a woman and, and you don't know that uh, so that's why it's always polite to ask someone's pronouns like what do you identify as you know and they'll tell you if it's you know non-binary they tend to go by they them you know but if they're non-binary non-binary or and trans it could be they them he um and him or they them uh she her you know so okay. it just depends you know okay okay so yeah. you kind of already put up front what you identify as and what their pronouns or your pronouns may be. You guys right. are transparent with that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely something now that's like polite. Okay. You always yeah. ask someone their their pronouns. You just don't assume because it could be very dysphoric for somebody. And, you know, you may not see it there right in your face, but these people could be going home and, you know, like looking in the mirror and hating what they see and, you okay. know, Okay. depressed and things like that and so mm-hmm. it's just always polite to just you know ask someone's pronouns you mm-hmm. know okay yeah so if there's someone out there right now that is listening to this and i'm sure there will be people that will listen to this because this is gonna i think bring attention to a subject that is kind of especially in the black community not mm-hmm. addressed and not talked about and not shared. So if there is someone out there right now, because people like Angelique said, go through their whole lives, lose their families, or they suppress it, or they're depressed, or even kill themselves. People are struggling, especially during this pandemic. People are struggling with a whole lot of other things in addition to this, possibly. What message would you give someone right now who may be hearing you, who may have heard this, and knowing the struggle that you have had, um, and may not have that support system that you do have, what do, what message would you give to them? Um, so d- transitioning is, is really hard to do by yourself. Um, so any resources that you can find, whether it, you know, you search things on TransBucket or if you go to your local, you know, shelter to seek, you know, therapy or anything like that, mm-hmm. I definitely would recommend because it's it's very hard to go through transitioning by yourself very hard um and like my support system right now in my group of friends I honestly don't think that I could have gone through you know transitioning by myself it's definitely a lot you know and sometimes you do need right yeah and family Mm -hmm. like you just need you need that love and like support 
you know, going through it. But I'm not saying it's not possible because some yeah. people, you know, do it. But, you know, for me, I don't think it would have been possible for me to do if I just didn't have, you know, that support system behind me. So, okay. yeah. So you're telling them to at least reach out and try to find them some resources. Um, right. Yeah. Someone that can assist them through this process. Because when yeah, you told me the story mm -hmm. of people who catch an Uber to the surgery or who catch mm -hmm. Ubers, to, you know, that's that. Because that's, some oh, people, yeah, they go through part. surgeries. Yeah. They do top surgeries and things like that by themselves because their parents don't approve. And I will say this, in the Black community, I have seen some disgusting ways that parents handle it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then you'll go, and even the documentary I've sent you the other day, right. there were right. no no Black parents, no minor minority parents sitting there next to their child while they were going through all of that. The only parents wow. that were sitting there were white parents. Wow. And I'll never forget the lady said, you know, he was never my daughter. Wow. You know, but he's still who he was when I had him. You know, like he might have changed on the outside, but that's still my kid, you know. But, you know, to hear that we in the black community, I feel like I've never, ever, ever heard or seen, you know, a parent, you know, helping their teen child go through that process. Wow. It's kind of like you know, shamed upon. Right. So that's why, you know, there are a lot of, you know, uh, suicides right. um, mm -hmm. due to, you know, lack of support in the family structure in the Black right. community, right. especially in the Black trans community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I always like to talk about that because I feel like there should be more Black parents sitting next to their right. kid and letting them know it's okay to be you. Right, you know, unconditionally and unapologetically. Right. Yeah, right. And instead, you know, they tell them, "I don't care what you're talking about." You know, they'll identify as male, and they'll still say, "Well, no, you're you're my daughter. That's that's what you came out as, and that's all I know you as, and that's what okay. I'm going to call you." Okay. You know, instead of at least saying, "Okay, well, you know, it's a lot for me to process. Yeah, and it's a lot to take on, but I'm willing to try." You right. know. I'm willing to learn, you know, or even just be here to, to talk to, just right. to talk to, you know, and sometimes that's all someone needs is just somebody to talk to, right. you know, yeah. about it. Yeah. So like your mother, I've, right. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so I think that definitely lacks a lot in the black community. Okay. And, you know, if we could get more parents, you know, yeah. to, it's okay if you don't agree with their lifestyle, right? right. Mm -hmm. But to be there as a parent and mm -hmm. to just support them is different, mm -hmm. you know. Right. And even if, if it's you know you say it's against my religion, you know whatever, it's still your child, right. and you know you're right. still supposed to love them right. just because you don't agree with their decisions or who they may love, you know. Right. I it agree. doesn't mean that you shouldn't love them. Right. So makes sense. I agree. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful so, message. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there are, for those who feel like they don't have anyone, um, there are support groups out there um, that maybe can assist folks. Mm -hmm. Should they look for those type of support groups? Because, you know, it could be not just the parents. It could be the entire family that right. they're mm -hmm. up against. You know, you, you just don't know how deep 
the religious thing is going in the right, family. Right. So if they feel like they can't even go to auntie or uncle, mm -hmm. should they should they look for support groups out there that maybe can help them? Yeah, there's um, definitely a lot of LGBTQ plus um, friendly places and safe safe places to go. Um, mm -hmm. I know one here is called Lost and Found. It's more of a shelter, but that's in Atlanta. Atlanta, for, we're in Atlanta. Yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah, they have. Um, you know, it's kind of like a, a safe haven, and they'll you know kind of help you. Like you know, even if you do get kicked out of your house, you can go there and seek uh, shelter. Um, in a in a LGBTQ you know friendly place. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of resources online as well. Um. If you go online, there's a lot of even LGBTQ um, like helplines and you know suicide lines and things like that. So there's a lot of resources out there if your family, you know, if you can just don't have anybody to talk to, whether it's family or friends. So awesome, awesome, yeah. especially with the young people. Yeah, um, I think you know early on we identified or I identified that you know, I wanted you to get into counseling early on because I could feel and see that there was a difference in you. So that's why I definitely uh, fought for us to put you in counseling. But some people don't have that luxury or they don't have those type of people in their lives. So them reaching out to some type of support, I, I commend and, and say, absolutely. Yep. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I just want to know if there's any other questions because I think this was awesome. Um, I think this is much needed in our community. Yeah. And Jasmine, can you tell the audience, I know that you're a social media presence. So can you please tell um, people or give people where you can be seen on YouTube or Instagram or wherever your platform is to where, you know, you're doing this type of thing and trying to help those in the community. Yeah, so my YouTube is Millie Docs. That's M-I-L-L-Y space D-O-C-S. Um, so I make a lot of vlogs about, you know, transitioning right now. Um, I did do a um, series a couple of years ago as well called Women of Atlanta TV. And you can find all of that footage and content um, on that page. And my social media, my Instagram is the official J Mills. So the official and then J-M-I- LLZZ. Okay. All right. Well, I think this was fantastic. Um, yes. And I just want to say as a parent to this um, person that is by non-binary um, and identifying as, not, as male or female and is now transitioning to male, I love her, uh, he, him, he, whatever he, she wants or he wants to be. I love them unconditionally. Um, it, as a parent, is hard because, you know, we went through feeling that feeling of this is my baby. You brought this daughter into the world or you brought this son into the world, but you brought them and presented them to the world to love them and to care for them and to take care of them and to give them the tools needed to live in the world. So I didn't never have gotten caught up on or won't get caught up on if you're male, female, or what. I just want you to be as an individual healthy and happy mentally and physically. And I thank God that you had a grandmother and people in your life that made you feel that way, that allowed you to have the courage to be able to go and be the person 
that you and our omnipotent God that doesn't judge and loves mm -hmm. us and it's supposed to be complete love yes. that you're able to identify and make be happy in who you are and in the body that you're in. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank yes. you. <laughs> and from your and from your uh, auntie from another mother, <laughs> <laughs> I am proud of you. Like I said, it takes some people a lifetime to figure all this out, yeah. and yeah. I am happy in knowing that you have your family. You have a support group that is helping you to transition. I am. Um, I feel happy that you're happy. Like yes. Anita said, that's the most important thing. You're that healthy is. and that you're is. happy. That's and right. who really gives a damn what anybody else thinks? Thank it's you. about we you. Don't, don't give it okay? right. <laughs> you only get one life. Thank and you, if this girl. is what's going to make you happy, then do it. And that's what, that's how I stand on it. And anybody who loves anybody, who cares about anybody, who that's respects right. anybody right. should feel the very same way. Exactly. I okay? agree. And for those who may be out there who don't have a support group that don't know where to start, shoot Anita and I email. We'll be yes. more than happy. Yes. You know, or Absolutely. we'll get it over to Jay and you know, we'll get you your answers and we'll help exactly. you. I mean, I don't exactly. I want people to know that there's somebody out there that cares. Yes. Especially during these times. You're not by yourself. There are people going, you know, you have people out here that can help. Now we will you know, tag all of this information inside of we're going to post this on youtube we're going to post this also on facebook um you know we are at two a's that can be b's at gmail.com but we will have all of that listed and i can't reiterate that enough we will get it over to, to jay we will get to those resources and information that you, we need you need if you um, are seeing this and you need some help absolutely Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, this well, we thank great. you. We thank you. All right. You. Thanks for I having me, you. guys. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> this was awesome. Thank you. Take care. All right. Be safe. All right. Take care. All right. You guys too. All right. Bye. Bye. This episode of Two A's That Can Be B's was very up close and personal. And being a parent of a young adult who struggled early on with their gender identity, I can say it is not an easy journey, but an enlightening one and one to be embraced and one to learn from. We as a community, and I'm saying as a Black parent and as the Black community, must embrace and learn to love our children through this process before we lose our children. I just would ask that as you've listened to the interview and opened your mind and hear it from people who have experienced it, if you would please share this interview with someone to continue to spread the message of acceptance and love no matter the person's identity. Thank you.